This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Modestway Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Avoiding the Crowd with your host, Majway Don. I'm your producer, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bobby K. Kraft, B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And we got a pretty epic episode that I actually might sit in on a little bit and ask a few questions myself because I'm uh, – this guest is just – we've been talking offline. It's fascinating. So I'd like to introduce our host, Majway Don. Maj, what's going on, man? Look at this background now. He's got all the greats behind him, but I'm not there. What's going on? Uh, you should be all of it. I should be. That's what I. That's what I've been trying to tell you. You know, I should. I should be in color, like right where Warren's face is. What's going on? You know, my brother ordered it for me. He said he was getting sick of looking at the white wall. <laughs> so I had to do a. You know. Did he? Did wait, he, you he had a gray wall a shirt on or something. I don't know. We'll get there eventually. Wait, Igor. Hold on. We got to figure this out. Did he order for you? Did he like paper mache that? Did he make it himself? Is this like a collage project? Well, he- he is artistic, so he, he could have made it. So maybe he did. Did he cut it out of out of all those value investing books that you read once and understood it completely, never going to read again? Like you know, you, you better have. <laughs> yeah, he took all, instead of putting the book like a bookshelf. What he decided to do is just let's do a collage of this and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Shit. All right, well, hey, Maj, you want to introduce our guest? Who we got? Who we got joining us right now? Yeah, so Igor Romanyak, right? Is that Romanyak? Right? Yeah, 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 Romanyak. Yeah. Actually, he he should be on this thing so, uh, one day, hopefully, if you're soon on this poster because uh, he's been doing really good with uh, some of the picks he's given us at Geo Investing. So I'm really excited to have him here today. Um, so Rom, why don't you um, now? This is going to be a little different, by the way. You know, usually when I'm talking to a guest, we go through your history, which we'll do. Go through some of your um, kind of like your your investing style and that kind of stuff, but. I really want to get into your, some of your um, stock picks you've talked about uh, with me. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it's this is a good learning platform, too, and avoid the crowd. So maybe we'll learn some of your strategies by going through some of your case studies of a couple of stocks you pitched at GeoInvesting and you wrote up in GeoInvesting. Um, and then learn from that. And we'll, I'm sure that'll lead into some other questions about your strategy and these kind of things. Um, but sure. let's get into, uh, tell us about yourself, um, everything, just, you can, before you started investing, your history, your journey, how you got here, um, where you live, life where you live, and life. And life. Okay, okay, a little bio, yeah, I get it. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on this, it, it's a pleasure, you know, we haven't actually spoken in a while, but uh, the last time we spoke, and I actually hold one of the stocks that I, that, that we first last talked about i've held it for over a year but um uh i i I guess it's 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 really quite important to tell uh where i'm coming from where i come from uh before talking about a strategy is i grew up in toronto i am from an immigrant family we immigrated to toronto when i was 12 years old from russia and um i grew up there i finished high school and then i went to york university there for finance so i actually one of those few people that does what they went to school for 
right? So, and uh, uh, <laughs> it's actually quite funny when we have a conversation, we're just studying school. I'm like, finance. And I go, well, okay, okay, really? Like, not not like social studies or anything like that? <laughs> not that I have anything in social studies, right? Or engineers. But, um, a lot of engineers are still yeah. engineers. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of engineers, a lot of, uh, I, I have a friend, I think he, he majored in forestry or something like that. He's one of the best private equity investors I know now, but I guess, I don't know, whatever. Anybody can be a private equity investor this year, right? <laughs> so anyway, so, so I went to uh, went to university there. And um, while I was in university, my dad worked as a dispatcher for a trucking company in Toronto. And uh, I decided, you know, I needed a part-time job. So they hired me there. I learned how to dispatch and I learned how to like manage a small fleet. Uh, the company had just under 100 trucks, right? It was a private company, not too big, but not too small. 100 trucks is still, you know, uh, like 10 to 20 million in just, um, in just revenue generating assets, right? So it's, it, it's quite big for a small business. And uh, I worked there for a couple of years while I was attending lectures. So I would go for lectures in the morning, then I would come back to work, then go for another lecture at night. And it always used to be something like microeconomics, right? That three-hour lecture at 7 p.m. until 10 p.m., you go nuts. And then I would go back to the office, work until like 1 a.m., go to sleep, and go, go home, wake up at 7 a.m. and just kind of repeat it. I did that for three years. And uh, after I graduated uh, from, uh, from York, uh, me and my dad decided to start our own trucking company. So we started a small trucking company, literally from just one owner operated truck. And then we just kind of built up and got our own trucks and so forth. And that's when I started, you know, because I was in school for finance, I started looking into the stock market and investing some money. I, I made pretty decent money. You know, I was in my early twenties and you know, when they, if you do well in trucking, you do quite well. Right. So I, I used to make like maybe like five to 10 grand a month in profit, just my share. Right. For a kid who was like 21 years old, it was, it was, it was good. So I started investing. Um, man, I was once a shareholder of Sino Forest. Remember that oh, thing? No. Remember what Carson <laughs> yeah. Block did to that thing? Man. Yeah. Well, you're, so, how about your forestry friend? You're, you're, was he the one to give you yeah, that thing? Anyway, anyway those, those stories <laughs> aside, um, I decided, you know, I, I, I decided to invest in like tech companies and invested in like Microsoft and whatever, just put money in. Um, then, then, you know, 2008 came, um, that was actually pretty good. I actually made my first, uh, my first million dollars in 2008. Uh, what makes the story even better? I lost it all in 2009. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Right. <laughs> and, um, humble. Um, That's good. We like that. So, yeah. So I, um, <clears throat> I decided, you know, what is the stock market? The biggest problem with the stock market today, and especially when we talk to a lot of retail investors and for a company that I worked for, I'm going to get to that uh, majority, vast majority of their clients are retail. We're talking about people who put in like $3,000 into a brokerage account and then 5,000, 10,000 and so on. And we're not talking about like multi-million dollar accounts. Uh, the problem is uh, a lot of people forgot what a stock market is, right? A stock market is a platform where people can buy a portion of a business, right? And become shareholders. A lot of people go to, oh, you know, I buy it now, I sell it in a couple of days, I, maybe I make some money and they turn it into, you know, they say the stock market is a casino. I, I obviously don't take it that way. I, I, I find it as a platform to buy a business. And at that point, I thought, what business do I understand? 
transportation, right? Because it's been in for years. And uh, the two stocks that I've pitched, I think, on geo investing were both transport companies. One of them was Kai International. They do uh, container leasing. They're actually up, I think, like what, 200% since then, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. And uh, the other one was YRCW, which was later renamed back to Yellow Corp, which is almost 100 years old. Um, yellow court, but their logos are orange. It's a big thing. Donas has been going on for like 40 years and they're still back to an orange logo, although they're renamed back to yellow. And, um, so yeah, this is, this is where I started investing. I did a lot of, I do a lot of trucking companies ask me about any trucking company or anything that has to do with transportation. I like that sector, or let's say I like that industry to invest in because it's a business that I understand. So in order for me to make an investment, if I don't understand what the business does thoroughly, uh, I'm very unlikely to invest in it. And which, you know, made a lot of, a lot of possible profits go around me, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people go, oh, buy this, you know, space company or buy this IT company or uh, SAS or however you, you know, anyway, with IT and I'm like, I don't understand the business. I, I How can I invest in it? I don't know what they're doing. I don't know which way they're going. I don't know who's running it. I never heard these names before. So I'm probably going to stay away. So that's, that's a brief story of how I got into investing and, uh, and why I do transportation stocks. So then... <clears throat> A little, uh, just, just about, just about me for like uh, another minute in, uh, in 2014, me and my dad, we closed out our trucking company. Um, um, I don't, re I don't remember why we closed it. It was just, I don't know. We just decided we didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, things weren't going too well at the time in the economy, the rates were going down and so forth. And, uh, I went to Miami and I lived in Miami for like six months. Um, in, in July, end of July, I said, there's no way I'm going to survive in this climate. And so I decided and I went to Italy, uh, just for vacation. I went to like Venice and then Florence, love Florence, and then went to Rome. And then I thought, Hey, I haven't been home in Russia in wow. At that time I was like 15 years. So I thought since I'm already on this side of the ocean, I might as well go visit my grandma and so forth. So I bought a ticket. I flew over to see my grandma and I never came back. And, uh, yeah, so I stayed there. I found a girl, we got married. We have, we now have two kids, a third one on the way. Uh, from there, I lived there for like two years. I started like a small advisory firm. Uh, it was very difficult to find like retail clients for like, uh, for advisory in Russia because Russia is very, you know, the whole capitalism is quite fresh there. I mean, it, it is like 30 years old now, but it's still quite fresh compared to like us and stuff. Right. And a lot of people are very, uh, they, they see the stock market. It's a casino to them and it's very very difficult for you to explain otherwise so i stayed there for like two years i built up a couple of million in advisory clients and i moved to cyprus to open a hedge fund we came there this is this is an awesome story the two of us moved to cyprus to buy a hedge fund um and of course majority of our clients are from russia from kazakhstan all these post-soviet countries that's where the investors come from while we're there we bought the hedge fund we paid the money we're changing the directors literally while we're there wilbur ross is that is that his name he was like secretary or whatever i, I don't remember who he was he flies over there with a bunch of guys from like bank of new york mellon and the guys who like run swift they go into all these Cyprus banks and to the SEC, and they say, you have to change the whole system about your KYCs and your sorts of funds. And they made it basically unbearable for our clients to bring money to Cyprus. Wow. And so we said, we're literally in the middle of the whole thing, we said, just drop it. We don't want the hedge fund anymore. Keep it. 
So from there, I, uh, um, I was at the time friends with Timor. Timor is the CEO of Freedom Holding Corp. They're on NASDAQ now. We got it listed in 2019 in October. Their ticker is FRHC. So he goes, hey, come over, work for us. We need somebody like you, somebody who knows the market. And so I flew over to Moscow. I lived there for a year. Then I went to Kazakhstan for a year. That's where their headquarters are, second headquarters. I worked there for two years. I joined on the board of directors of a couple of like Kazakhstan-based mining companies. It's just one of the investments the company had. And then uh, in February 2020, I said, that's enough. I've had enough. So and I moved to Dubai. I now just live in Dubai. And uh, at this point, I basically just invest my own capital. So that's the, that's the short story. I, although it didn't seem that short, but no, hey, awesome. it's 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 a free call over the internet, so uh, I'm gonna take my time. Yeah. You actually answered one of my questions right away because I was I was gonna yeah. ask you because there was you know the, this financial institution that deals you know in Eastern Europe and it's FRMC right? FRHC, yeah. FRHC, that's that's yeah. I was I want I forgot the symbol because they changed symbols I believe at one point right? It was a previous they used symbol. to be like. They used to be. They used to trade in on uh, OTC, OTC as BMBMB. Yeah. Yes, that's it. And I was right. like, well, yeah. I, I just couldn't find a symbol anymore. I was like, where happened to that symbol? Now you you brought it to light, and wow, it was amazing how it full circle. You, you actually were part of. Yeah, that. they're like their 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 market cap is like three billion dollars now. They're doing well. Yes, I think it's like fifty bucks. I think I was looking around ten. I didn't, but I didn't understand the company that much. Yeah. We should talk. Well, I, I, I bought my first shares at like 250, sold them at seven. I was the happiest guy in the world. And then, yeah, well, right. I, I just, I, I usually delete these things off my watch list so I don't have to watch them and cry every day anymore. So well, just yeah, let them go. Yeah. You know, emotional bias, man, you got to control that. So very funny. You have a little bit of Peter Lynch in you, in your, in your whole yeah. story. You buy what you know, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and so, have you, you're obviously a concentrated investor. I mean, yeah. you, you, you don't have a diversified portfolio, I assume. So have you, how many stocks have you invested in over your, I mean, can you count them over your, over your career so far? Is it less than 20, you know, more than 20? In total, like that I've been invested in or I'm invested in right now as we yeah, speak? Right, uh, right now. Did you just, 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 just yell? Basically, or I, yeah, I, I am going to basically uh, destroy every single uh, reputation that I've had talking to uh, our clients about diversification. I've been owning one stock for over a year. I just owned that one stock. That's it. And uh, I bought it. I, uh, I've put in the floor in the stock literally myself i can show you the trading report says that i bought the shares at 129 <laughs> and uh yeah my average is about 170 per share i really went crazy in march and end of march and april and i've uh i bought almost 2 million shares altogether yeah, so. yeah, so, yeah not actually, almost i bought exactly 2 million shares yeah and for those who aren't, aren't familiar with geo investing uh where i'm the co-founder of that uh, geo um, yeah, he was written some articles for us, and um, we started taking contributor articles in 2015. And you came around, I think you wrote um, your CAI in 2019, I think it was 19. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's gone up, you know, over 100%. And then you had um, Yell, which I think is up over 200% already in 2020. Yeah, it used to be YRCW. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, YRCW. And in January, yeah. he pitched it to us about uh, Geo and wrote an article on it. So it's awesome that you. Yeah, know. it's 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 like up 200% now. From I think it was around like three bucks when I wrote it. Yeah. Excellent, man. You're in good company too. Overall, yeah. I mean, I, I was going over some stats today for uh, for Geo, and I'm going to talk about it next week on, on Bobby Crafts with Bobby. 
Um, but yeah. the, hit, the hit rate for our members is incredible right now. So I think over like well, if I if I was uh, if I was uh, you know uh, officially hired analyst for geo investing, I would have a one hundred percent success rate. Yeah, you're bringing uh, the average up. <laughs> There's two not. stocks, but they did they did well. They did yeah. well. Yeah. Well, wait, we're gonna wait for your third. I mean, you gotta. Yeah. You, you can't keep saying. I'm working on one. I'm working on one. It's it's gonna come out soon, and and it's actually not a transportation stock, but it is. Um, it's related to a Russian guy, a very 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 smart Russian guy. I'm gonna give a hint. I'm gonna give it. I'm going to give it away. He was recently fired as the CEO of the company. And the reason it was done is because uh, when he developed uh, their technology, uh, he moved the company to the US. And now because it's protected, right? Because it has to do with space innovation, stuff like that. He's not allowed to use it anymore. So he had to be let go as the CEO and they had to hire somebody from one of the better known space firms in, uh, in the US. So I'm um, begging you, please give Geo's a consideration when you write that article. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Hey, why why not? Yeah, yeah. It's the only problem is it's not a small cap anymore. That's so, a, that's a, you know we 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 allow that here and there. You know, we're, yeah, yeah. we're all. About I think it's worth like a billion now. It's it's not it's not big. But I'm uh, I'm still in Yale. I'm still in Yale big, and uh, I haven't sold out of the position. And uh, yeah, so that's going to take me some time. Like I mean, I own three days worth of volume, average volume of that company. So. Wow, wow. And yeah. before I went, um, and I, I agree with you so much about the casino approach to invest. Everyone says a casino. It's only a casino if you don't know what you're doing. You know, it's like, you it's know, only it, casino. It's, it, see, see the way that I look at it, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, sorry, but uh, it's only casino depending on what you want from it, right? right. It's, it's it, you know, we, we have a lot of clients. It's like, oh, I want to invest for a couple of weeks or I want to invest for a month. And I mean, we, I mean, I mean, FRHC has like hundreds of thousands of retail clients and they have a very different approach to brokerage. So like, let's say if you have an account of like interactive brokers or whatever, they don't tell you what to buy. They don't send you like all these like weekly summaries of what they think is good. Then they actually like, have you ever tried contacting supportive interactive brokers? You, you, you'll have better luck getting a hold of, you know, the president. Than, than getting some kind of support there. And uh, I think I had a ticket that, that's still hanging there for like three months. But, but, but anyway, and uh, they, they, have, they have a really cool approach. They have uh, a manager, like uh, literally every single client has a personal manager. So they have a lot of staff that carry these clients. So the client could call in and ask questions and message and stuff, which is really cool. Something that a lot of people are not doing. Uh, I don't know why I went this way. Well, what were we talking about? The casino. The casino, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and especially when you go to, um, since we work with a lot of clients in the in Eastern Europe and Russia, Kazakhstan, uh, Uzbekistan, and uh, like Ukraine and and all these like basically post-Soviet countries, is uh, because well, a capitalism is very uh, young; it's very fresh. Right. Um, because, you know, for so many years it was communism there and, you know, everybody did what they're told and everybody made the same amount of money for no matter what they did and such. And, you know, entrepreneurship and business wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to own business. Right. Everything was government owned. So when it all started, a lot of people made a lot of money very quickly. So imagine you have this economy that didn't have private business and then everybody was allowed to make private business, right? So a lot of people made a lot. So 
people in general in these countries are used to making very quick profits right. on you know whatever they do so when you come to them and then you go we can invest in this but we got to hold this for maybe three to five to ten years whatever it is you know we've got to work out uh it's going to go oh that's crazy no we we, we don't we, we don't want to do that Right. right. So they go like, but it's, uh, you know, if we can do something that, you know, maybe we can make a lot of money in like two weeks, three weeks, then yeah. But, but that's the casino approach. Right. So that's what it is. It, it is too. And what's interesting about that too is like, I used to be shorter term when I was younger in my investing style, I was still looking for fundamental companies, but I wouldn't dig as right. deep. And what ended up happening a lot of times, you would go, you would make all this money, but you would go through these rinse and repeat cycles because you end up holding some crap sometimes. And they but you'll end up losing money. Yeah, end up they want to come back when the market came back, so you, you know, and at some point, yeah. this casino mentality ends, you know, we don't know when it ends and, you know, you're going to have your portfolio is going to get decimated and they're going to stay down. Right. People are going to be holding all these lower value companies, crappy companies that are never going to come back. So, but, you know, you can't, it's hard to really, you know, every, each their own, right? They want to play that game and make money on it. That's fine. It just, it just, it's, it's all part of the whole, whole game. You know, there, there's a really good saying, right? How many day traders are in the Forbes richest people in the world, right? Not one, right? And uh, like, I mean, I'm sure you do and I do know uh, a bunch of, you know, day traders that, you know, are, you know, millionaires. They made millions of dollars in this, right? But uh, I always have a question for them. So let's say you made $5 million, $10 million day trading, right? You obviously don't put all that capital into day trading when you're trading. Your position is still capped at a couple of hundred K, right. right? What are you doing with the rest? You're putting it into bonds or you're putting it into long-term stories or whatever it is, right? There's right. no way you're going to quit the market. That's it. You're sucked in. You're part of it. So obviously they have it in some kind of longer term story. So when somebody says I made millions day trading and I'm still day trading for a living, no, you're day trading on the side now because now it's a very small portion of your money that's day trading. Everything else is invested long term or it's right. in an index fund or whatever it is. Or maybe they bought, you know, real estate in Dubai and we'll never see that money again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. um uh I, and by the way, I, I visited Russia in 2007. And it's nice. And then what's interesting about the story is it, it was probably um, I was I was I was being stupid, spending my money like crazy because I would mail this money for, you know, many, many years. Yes. I was, yes. And I was doing a lot. I was I went to Brazil then I went to Russia. Uh, I visited. I went to like, Kiev, Moscow and St. Pete. I landed in uh, at that time. I landed in Kiev at a record high in my portfolio. By the time I left, we had that first, I guess it was, I was, I got there in June. I was probably there for maybe two months. The market had its first little crash. <laughs> so I was in, I was, I was in you know, Russia while the market's crashing. And I know I stayed long because I was like, I'm not going back home in this shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was, and that was, but I learned some lessons then. But, uh, but I loved it. I loved, I loved St. Petersburg a lot. Um, oh, it's uh, no, it, these are beautiful old cities. Like, I mean, yeah. even Moscow now. I've been all over Europe. I've been to like, uh, what is it? Oh, no, I, I can't even remember what it's called in English. Basically, the capital of Austria. Okay. Well, what is it? What are you forgetting? Vienna, Vienna, right? Whatever right. it is. I've been to London. I've been to Rome. I've been to Italy. I don't think, I, I think at the point where Moscow is right now, it really is just as beautiful, beautiful as cultural and interesting as any other old European city right now. It used, it wasn't like that in the 90s. It was very like dirty and, 
you know, just they had this whole shift from socialism to capitalism. It was it was a difficult time, but now it's a gorgeous place. And if anybody, um, you know, uh, are not spending too much time on CNN and they're, you know, not crazy about what's happening, what they think is happening with Russia, then I think it's a beautiful place to visit. And I absolutely, absolutely think they should. Well, I was there. I loved it. I mean, I actually found that St. Pete with it uh, of the three places I went was the friendliest. I don't know why that was the case, but yeah, we're just very open there, and it was had a good time there of the three. Yeah, no, but, absolutely, absolutely. For me, it was easier. I'm fluent in Russian, right? So yeah, so and I I lived there for a couple of years. So, but uh, I don't I don't think I would go back to live there. I um no. I prefer Dubai for its uh, see Moscow and St. Petersburg are different. They have like four sunny days in the year. Right. And right. yeah, Dubai is like the other way around. It literally like rains for 17 minutes a year here. And so, yeah, it's, it's nice. Well, actually, it's nice, uh, in St. Pete, though, you have that white nights in the summertime, right? It's, 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 yeah, those are, those are cool, man. Those well, are that's really right. Cool. I had no idea to expect that. I went from Russia, like it was, uh, oh, Moscow, I'm sorry. We were there for yeah. a few days and I flew over to, you know, like an eight o'clock flight. I land in like St. Pete, it's still sunny. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. It literally stays sunny for like a week. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. Was that what? Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So let's. So I was talking. Let's learn a little bit here about. Let's go through. Um, yell is what I want to talk about because you're still in that right now. Yeah. And I want want you to walk us through why you liked the story originally. Um, and and even even in 2020 when you wrote the article in early 2020, you had already been in that stock before, right? I have, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually pretty, pretty volatile. Like it would have like a hundred percent volatility on like earnings reports and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Again, and so talk about how you found the opportunity um, the first time, and what you saw there, and you became an activist eventually. Kind of, you were very boisterous about what was going on there eventually. Um, We'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say like I'm a full blown activist on that one, but this is a long story. So, kids, this is how I met Yell, right? Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I was in the transportation industry. Yellow is like what a hundred years old, right? It's almost a hundred years old. I, I think they have like a hundred anniversary next year or the year after. Um, it's been around. It's it's the second largest LTL company. I mean, they have thirty thousand employees. Like, I mean, if you're an investor in the transportation uh, industry, you you know you know YRC, you know Yellow. It's it's always there, just like everybody knows FedEx and UPS and uh, probably Old Dominion and stuff. Old Dominions. That's another story we need to talk about because I think I think that one's way overvalued. But anyway, and. Um, so a couple of years ago, their stock dumped to like three bucks and it, it's never been below eight for years. Right. And they've always had a, a lot lower valuation than all of their competitors because they're unionized. They're one of the only two remaining companies in the industry that are unionized. So obviously, of course, it costs them a lot more uh, to maintain that workforce because there's, you know, there's pensions and welfare and this and that. And over time, they have to pay every penny double time and, and so forth. So, so uh one of their largest, well, actually their largest uh, expense is workforce. And because, you know, a lot, you, you read like a lot of forums from drivers that say, oh, we're the lowest paid. But then if you, if you count in the welfare and the healthcare and the pensions and stuff, they're actually one of the highest paid drivers in the industry. Right. And um, <clears throat> so what happened is this story came out 
the Department of Justice on behalf of some ex-employee has filed a lawsuit against YRCW because YRC actually calls for the Department of uh, Defense. Right. So they filed this lawsuit that YRC used to cheat on their weights, right, because they charge uh, per weight, right, when they haul. So what they did is the Department of Defense would load whatever shipment it was. It would go to their warehouse and then they would reweigh it. And basically the, the lawsuit says that they lied on the weights and they said it was more weight than it really was. So they got sued. That, that lawsuit's still going on and there's been like a million motions to dismiss and so forth. Like, I mean, I think it's still in pretrial. It's still in pretrial. So anyway, the stock dumped to like three bucks, right? For the first time ever, right? And um, I said, you know what? I, I, I got to go along this one. This one's going to rebound. I mean, this... You know, I've sued, um, remember China, China Auto Logistics, Cali? Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. I'm the one who exposed the fraud, right? So, and I'm the one, and I sued them, and then I had, um, uh, first I had a derivative lawsuit, and then now I have a class action lawsuit that's still pending. The derivative got dismissed because of a technicality and the beauty of the US justice system. But anyway, right. the class action one is still is still going. And I sued them for half a billion dollars and because uh, for uh, uh, basically, they used offshore companies and so forth. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how I got to Cali, but um, in this conversation, so basically, I know how lawsuits work. I know they will take years and majority of them won't even go, go get anywhere. Right. So I said, you know what? I got to jump on this. I got I got to get in. It's really undervalued. The company has like five billion in revenues. And at the time it had a um, hundred and twenty million dollar market cap. Right. With with like that under uh, under a billion. So I jumped in it. It bounced to eight. I didn't sell. I thought, you know, it's going to go back up. Then again, it dumped to three and then COVID came. So uh, it dumped down to like 130. And uh, that's when I, I, I bought, I, I bought, I think like 1.7 million shares in three days. Wow. Yeah. I just, I, I just want to set anything under two bucks. It's mine. I want it. Right. And uh, I bought it and I was just convinced. I literally put, 83% of my net worth into that stock. Like I'm talking, including all the real estate and cars and, and, uh, that one hockey cart that I own that I don't remember who's on it, but anyway, yeah, 83% of my money went into that stock and, uh, and I held and, uh, the reason, you know, things were bad. Things were bad because, you know, the pandemic and everything shut down and especially, you know, the trucking, all trucking companies suffered, right? Because a lot of, you know, they just can't go anywhere. All the shippers, all the receivers were closed and had the lockdown. Um, but it's a unionized company. They have 30,000 workers, right? And they haul for the Department of Defense. So what happens in July, big news. The USA lends YRCW $700 million in two trenches, $300 million to pay the expenses that they missed because of the pandemic. And then they gave them $400 million to buy new equipment, which is huge because Yellow's uh, fleet is outdated. Right. Right. And although they, 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 have, a lot, they have a lot of trucks, man. They, I, I think at this point they have like, what, 14,000 trucks. It's a huge company. They have 300 turn over 300 terminals all over North America, right? So they, they have quite a few assets. And there, there's a big story before the 2008 crash, they bought 
Holland, I think, is one of the divisions now. They overpaid crazy for it because at the time everything was overvalued, even small trucking companies. And then they had a really hard time getting out of that debt. And it took them like 10 years and they had to do splits. And then they had to do, they had to convert debt that they couldn't cover anymore. It's a whole mess up until about 2012. Right. And then from there, it's just, it's been like around 100, 200 uh, million market cap. Now it's actually the highest market cap it's been in a long time. Right. And uh, so, yeah, so the US Treasury took a stake. They, they, um, they lent them $700 million at a lot cheaper uh, than what they borrow from Apollo, like their main, like, as if they couldn't find another place to borrow. But anyway, Apollo is who they borrowed their most of their uh, debt is from. It's like $600 million. It's not too much for a company their size. So anyway, the U.S. basically bailed them out, uh, but it's a loan, right? They didn't give them the money. They have to pay it back. And uh, the Treasury received 16 million shares as, as a gift, right? So basically, it's part of it. And... Um, and yeah, and then another huge thing is obviously the stock rebounded back to like five, six bucks, kind of stuck around there. And then uh, as soon as we heard that the new stimulus package is going to have eight for multi-employer pension funds, it just went straight to nine. I mean, that's 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 a big one. The, the thing with yellow, I can literally talk for hours about it. There's so much information on it. They've been through hell and back and they're just crawling out of it slowly. And I think they have a bright future ahead of them. And um, well, the best way to put it is the current board and the management uh, love their shareholders. And on their own, they have attracted two very, very experienced individuals for the board of directors. Nobody helped them or asked them to do it. And uh, so, yeah, one of them is the ex-CEO of Walmart Transportation, which is Chris Saltemeyer. And the other one is ex-CEO of, uh, of Conway, which is XPO Logistics. Now. So, I mean, these two are like industry superstars. They were just added to the board in December. And um, and yeah, I think I, I think I think things are going to go really well. I remember you guys I seeing your Twitter feed. You were uh, pretty boisterous against uh, about some of the things that were going on there, and uh, they actually um, threatened to sue you, right? Wasn't there a or there there is an SEC letter? The SEC letter. You, you can actually access it on the Edgar system. The SEC wrote me a letter. When did you buy this? You have to clear up. When did you buy the stock? Because I, I did a full-blown 13D filing that I bought 5.4% and I want to replace uh, two members of the board, right? Because, well, one of them, well, the board at the time, except for the CEO and the CFO of the company, the people on the board have never worked today in the trucking company, ever, or anything that had to do with transportation. And I'm like, how do you have a company? How do you have a board of directors and a company that have never worked in a trucking company before a day of, you know what I mean? Like, can you answer a simple question? How many pallets fit into a 53 foot trailer? You can't, right? Let's say, oh, they're turnaround specialists. Yeah, this turnaround's taking 11 years and it still hasn't turned around, right? Mm -hmm. So something's gotta be done. And then Darren Hawkins, the CEO of the company, is actually a wicked guy. He's a great guy. He's very genuine. He's very calm. I love talking to him. Um, um, you know, we had conversations, and uh, when I told him uh, I have maybe some candidates for the board, one of them he's just he was just ecstatic about because you know, well, it's who he is right and uh so they talked and you know it took some time and they added these two directors which i think great great move by them yeah so when you look at the company now you have some of the things they did uh, to make obviously improve the balance sheet 
um, and yeah. improve the optics. Um, is there anything else you're excited about in terms of what they're doing operationally, maybe that make you feel strong about the story also? The huge problem about it, and this is all because of the union, right? Because it's unionized. When they, they have four divisions, they have YRC Freight, they have Holland, they have New Penn, um, Redway, Ro Roadway. Um, I've, I've said it so many times, I'm sorry to forget it. They get mixed up, right? That's all I've been talking about for the last year. I'm sure everybody who follows me on Twitter is it's like, oh my God, there goes another tweet about yellow. Just let it be, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but anyway, um, literally my, uh, my bio on Twitter says lots of yell. Like that's the first thing it says on my bio. Right. And then, yeah. And, um, ooh, what's the best way to approach it? No, I mean, there are a lot of good things happening. And when, when we invest into something, especially when we want to get into it long-term, we look at the dynamic of how things are going, right? So you and I are both fundamental investors. We, we base, you know, I, I think, I think I read your tweet, you know, a couple of years ago, it says that, you know, when you were younger, you used to just spend your lunch break reading 10 Ks, right? Was <laughs> right. it you? Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, I've, I've read more 10Ks than books in my life. That's 100% true, right? right? And uh, so so I look at the dynamic. If things are going well and they keep getting better and better and better and better, why would I sell the stock? It doesn't make any sense to me unless I urgently need money, right? And uh, uh, one of the things that I would sell a stock like this is because I find a better opportunity. So let's say this, this stock went up, what, fivefold since I bought it, right? And the possibility of it getting another fivefold, probably best case, it's going to double from here for me, right? Yeah. If I find another opportunity that could make me, you know, another fivefold or be like a 10 bagger, then I might, you know, find it inside, you know, my head to sell yell just to, you know, to invest it into a better opportunity. But um, Which, by the way, you, you may have found. Uh, but I'm not putting that much money in there as okay. you, I'm sure you've done the math. This was literally, I'm, I'm it right here. This was a life-changing investment for me, man. I've, uh, right. 2 million shares at nine bucks. Right. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, it's definitely there. And, um, I don't think I would ever be putting that much money into one stock, but I'm willing to invest like a couple of million in stock. And actually I would like for it to be transportation stock, but right now I think all of them are just a little bit too high valuation. They've all rebounded quite, quite well. And if I were to go into a transportation stock, I, there's no way I would find better value than wire than yellow at this point. No okay. way. Awesome. Right. So, yeah. So in terms of your, in terms of your process, man, um, yeah, so take us through a, typical day of how you might be how are you looking for stocks i mean is it uh how do i look, look for how stocks? You, is it screening is it reading fresh releases what, what what brings into your funnel right away first i mean obviously you have knowledge of some industries like trucking so you know what to look for but do you right. have a process or maybe maybe you don't i mean it's maybe it's just more random um talk about I, I do. The the reason well I always like to buy just a little bit over five percent right so I can you know be heard right anything that's under five percent it's kind of that that benchmark to be heard or not be heard, right? Ever, right? right. So, you know, some people get away with like one percent activist positions, but we we know how those end, right? right. And it's usually, you know, there's there, there's never been an instance in my life that I try to make any kind of activist move. That first word that I heard from the company was from a lawyer. Not once. It's always from a lawyer, 
always right. right and then you all they always you know they say oh this is like a self-aggrandizing or this is you know you're trying to build you know make an image for yourself as an activist I'm like I, I i don't care i invest in my own money this is not asset management this is not a fund this is my own hard hard-earned money that i mean you know i've i've made over years and years and i put most of my savings my my life lifetime savings into this so i'm trying to you know help that's all I've been trying to do. I'm trying, I'm trying to help out. I'm trying to get people that would, you know, make the company better. That's all I was trying to do at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, if I don't understand the business, there's no way I can figure out who's better and who's worse. Sure. Right. So first thing would have to be probably industry, right? Because like I said, I try, I try to stick to transportation, logistics, containers, something that has to do with freight movements, shipments, brokerage companies, three PLs, stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to stick to them, but like I said, it, right now is a hard time, like hard time to find them because again, we're looking, if, if I'm sticking to the industry, I won't find better value than that one. I like to, I like to keep to a market cap under a three, 300 million, which would make it like uh, a micro cap. Right. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, Network. It's it's probably 100% network. You know, I worked for a brokerage company for two years as vice president of asset management, and, you know, on Twitter and FinTwit and a lot of people that I talked to, you guys and, you know, other platforms, you know, and they would be like, oh, there's such and such thicker. And I would be, hey, why not take a look at it? And if it's something that, you know, appeals to me, I, I would give it a deeper look. Right. But because I used to, I used to short a lot of stocks. I used to short a lot of stuff. Right. And I, and Cali and this whole thing. And then, um, so for me being, well, I guess with Cali was quite small, but I guess that would kind of make me a short activist that I discovered a fraud scheme and I wrote it out and then we sued them. So we decided to go, we decided not to short the stock. There was no way to short it and the short interest, um, the rates were huge. So I said, you know what, let's buy a small amount of it and just sue them for it. Right. right. For, for the fraud. And then we actually had our case dismissed because we bought the stock after they first, you know, uh, you know, committed fraud. The, the, the justice system didn't care that they still do it, wow. but because I bought the stock. So basically they're saying that I bought the stock in order just to sue them for it. Although I bought the stock before I found the fraud anyway, but anyway, long story that, that, that thing's over with. Um, so for me, uh, being on the short side for a while. So for me, you know, a lot of people would look at all the good things and they would try to find all the, you know, the, the cons, right. All the bad things to kind of try and see, you know, what's wrong with it. I go the other way around the opposite. So I go, what's wrong with it. Right. And if I don't find anything wrong with it, then I'm going to be like, hmm, maybe then maybe then I should invest it. Right. So it's kind of a backwards process for me. Right. If there's if I don't find too many things wrong with it and then, you know, I'll start looking for what's right with it. Right. So. You do a lot of shorting in the China stuff at all? China stuff, because you know, Geo has a, a pretty nice background, you know, shorting China stocks. And uh yeah 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 and uh one of the uh, one of the guys who i i read a lot he's no longer on twitter uh mox reports rich he was he was great with that stuff man he's just i don't know why but he's nowhere to be found nowadays right, yeah. um yeah um well there's carson well there's always carson right so he he just kind of took his life and became like the china short guy right, right. and <laughs> <laughs> right and uh, i know you guys did a lot of china short um maybe it's a blessing but i haven't been short anything in like two years well yeah well, it's, it's pretty crazy right now actually we're it's, it's you know, nuts. we're going 
we're trying to find, you know, through the rubble of, of that of that China fraud kind of time period, we're trying to find some of those, any of those old companies are still hanging around, if any of them are, are actually legitimate. And we're actually finding some, which is kind of cool, but they still had that fraud, uh, the PE and the, the fraud cosmetics uh, just from the past. And uh, yeah. we're actually finding some interesting value. We've done pretty good at that now. So we're we're wrapping nice. that up a little bit more cool. right now, but it's, it's pretty interesting. You might there actually cool. might be interesting activists. We were just talking to a uh, um, uh, Peter Hainsworth. Uh, I was a Hainsworth. I've always got his. Let me. Um, he's going to hate me for this. The name sounds familiar, yeah. but Hainsworth. Uh, Hainsworth. Um, and yeah. he um is an activist. You know, in um uh, the China space. And while we while we were short of Geo, and we had developed a relationship with him. He was actually looking for those companies that were actually real, maybe misrepresenting themselves. Uh, he had a hard time, yeah? <laughs> yeah, well, he, did, he did, but he actually has a pretty good story now in um, one SVA, yeah. which is halted now, but uh, when it re whenever he opens, it's a biotech that has a, apparently a COVID vaccine. Uh, and when it, when it gets unhalted, he's hoping the stock is going to take off. So what I'm wondering yeah. is if they're, um, it's halted because of a litigation thing um, for a couple of years, I think now at least. I'm wondering maybe there's an opportunity for you to look for some value there, you know, in that industry and maybe get involved, you know, finding some China stocks that are just way undervalued. And if you, in any way you could add value there, but I don't know if there's anything in transportation. Well, there's in the transportation area that there's auto. Yeah. It doesn't have to be transportation. I mean, from 2011 up until 2014, all I traded was biotech. Like okay. literally, I will, I, I would just look for PDUFA dates and, you know, try to read as much as I can. Then, you know, uh, I would wait for the ad comms. I would watch some of them for these hours to see what the panel would vote and whether for orphan drugs. Obviously, the most hated guy by me at the time was Adam Feuerstein. I mean, every every <laughs> biotech investor hates Adam, right? But I guess he's just trying to do, you know, what? What what all uh, what all uh, of us are trying to do when it comes to like fraud activism and stuff, right? right but he's right. not even he's a journalist, right? Right. But uh, I did quite well in this biotech field, and up until about 2014, until uh, Hillary uh, decided to go on national television and say, "Well, we're going to fight drug prices," and then biotech never came back from that yet. Right. Right. right? And it's been seven years. Seven years, been biotech, it still hasn't come back from that. And um, and she's never even became president. Imagine how crazy that is. Yeah, just, well, 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 anyway. Um, <laughs> like what I'm, I'm going to dodge that like, one for now. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> even have to be transportation. I mean, it has to be something that, you know, I, ha I, I would have a good chance of understanding. If I don't understand a business, there's no way you'll find me investing my money into it. Um, right. Or I have to be close with someone who does understand it. Right. Right. And uh, right now we're actually in the process where uh, we're getting a fund manager and a fund license here, licensed in Dubai, where okay. we're in the middle where we're submitting paperwork. We just gathered it all together. So hopefully that works out. We're going to be doing some private equity. I have partners in the U.S. We do a lot of private equity stuff. And uh, although it's it's not really my cup of tea, but pre IPOs like late late rounds and stuff like that, they did Udemy recently and. Uh, they did a couple of SPACs. I mean, the actual, uh, the, the, the deck or what you would call it before it was listed and stuff. Um, 
and they did like SpaceX and stuff like that. So we're going to be bringing a lot of this stuff uh, here in Dubai for investors that that, that want to invest. There's a lot of money here, a, a lot of money in in Dubai, and a lot more of it coming here now because it's one of the very few open countries in the world right now. Right, talking, so a lot of people before, are. Before we recorded, you were talking about the per capita amount of millionaires in Dubai, right? What, what was, what, yeah, there's about two hundred thousand multimillionaires here in Dubai for a population of like two point five million. So literally every eighth person is a multimillionaire here. Every that's, eighth person that lives here. That's yeah, I, I actually like um, I and this is not to brag. It's it's a car, you know, I dreamed of. And like I said, I, I had a life changing investment, obviously. So I'm going to treat myself. Uh, I own a 2019 Rolls Royce Dawn, right? It's oh, all nice. like all white, nice. right? So I, I, I uh, drive out of my garage and there are four buildings. Uh, we live on this man-made island, you know, Dubai's made all over these man-made, man-made islands, right? Because they, they, they had this limited, you know, seashore, right? So there's like, how do we expand it? Oh, let's make more islands, right? So more and more, <laughs> more sea life, right? So, the, the, so um, they, they kind of have this approach to it. So I literally pulled out of my garage so I go on the side in front of my building. There's two more Rolls Royces there. I go to the next building, one more Rolls Royce Dawn. There's like a small rental company. And I said, wow, the only four cars on the road on this little island are four Rolls Royces, right? And I said, wow, this is cool. And then I get to the last building. There's two more parked there. Like that's how crazy it is in Dubai. Like literally like seeing a Lambo or like a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce on the street is kind of like, yeah, they're everywhere. You know, so it's, just, it's like a Starbucks. Yeah. Every well, you know, you know the Lamborghini, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. The Urus, the Urus, the Urus. What is it? The the the, the SUV, the Lamborghini SUV. Oh, the Lamborghini. Uh, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a the Urus. I don't know the why they call it an SUV. It's yeah. still a, it's like a four hundred thousand dollar car, right? It's a half a million dollar car. Yeah. Uh, we actually went not well. We have our four buildings. They connect with one underground garage. So we went just on one floor. There are seventeen of them park imagine how crazy 17 of these so that's literally like eight and a half million dollars worth of just those cars on the, like, on the in that parking lot right and i'm so like miami crazy. they they probably own the cars over here in miami they're renting and leasing them for, for the day no, here there's no way you're getting your there's no way you're getting yeah. a loan no way you're getting a loan everybody yeah. just buys cash yeah you got a lot of posters out here in miami running around and uh yeah, yeah. I've, I, I've been to Miami. Like I said, I lived there for a couple of months. I was one of those posers. I did well in biotech. Crazy story. If you guys want to hear about how I met David Bianco, remember? Remember David Bianco, Deutsche Bank, chief yeah. strategist? Right. Uh, if you guys, three minutes. Can I tell the story? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, so uh, I, I'm in Miami. I'm on South uh, South Beach. I uh, I rented an apartment there. So I used to just trade with my uh, with my iPad by the pool. The weather outside is like over a hundred degrees, humid as hell. They're just typical Florida, right? And this is like June or July. And uh, so I, I go by to the bar to like order a salad or something. I was hungry. So I sit down. I'm literally just in my swimming shorts with an iPad sweating. This guy comes in in a three-piece suit, like wool suit, you know, like full-blown, like black shoes, socks, everything. I just look at it. I'm like, I'm like, wow, I feel bad for this guy. He sits down right next to me. And he goes like he goes, how's that salad? I'm like, I'm like, well, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm like, are, are like literally a three-piece suit tie everything. 120 degrees outside, like nuts. <laughs> and he's just sitting there sweating, just sweat dripping down his face. And, and I'm like, I'm like, can I get you a corona on me? So whatever. <laughs> I order a corona, a cold one. Right. And he goes, like, oh, what, what's that on your iPad? It's like, oh, I just, you know, I I trade biotech stocks, I invest in them. He's like, 
It's like, oh, cool, cool. Like, what, 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 you like any of them? Like, what? I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't remember what it was at that time. Uh, Chelsea Therapeutics, they got sold. Something like that. I don't remember what it was, right? And uh, I'm like, yeah, well, this one, and it looks like they're going to get bought out. They just got, you know, their approval for their, like, orphan drug designation, whatever. And he goes, you know who I am, right? And I'm like, no. I'm like, well, your your face is kind of familiar. He's like, my name's David, right? And I'm like, David, okay, cool. Like, I, I think I've seen you on like CNBC or something. Like, what is it? He's like, David Bianco, Deutsche Bank. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. <laughs> this guy, right? So, so we had this like brief conversation about, about biotechs and like investment stuff. And I, I, I still keep in touch with him once in a while. We're just exchanging emails and stuff, right? So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, Sorry? You tell me about, you tell about the yell? <laughs> no, I didn't. I told many other guys. Uh, actually, I find really great value guys that I've talked to really great value guys. And they've had a really rough time in the last couple of years because, well, we all know what happened to value. Middleman brothers, Phil and uh, and his brothers, right? But uh, they, uh, they I, I think they have very, very great ideas and the things that they invest in. Um, they had they had like AMC. They were stuck in AMC. They, I think, I don't know if they got out of it on that oh. huge short squeeze. I really yeah. hope that they did, yeah. right? But uh, they have a, like I read their letters like you know the Bible, man. And just I, I love the stuff that they do. I love what they write. It really makes a lot of sense for value investors. Yeah. But um, I talked to them about YRC. I don't know if he's bought it or not. But uh, but yeah, I I don't really um, I don't really just message people like one by one say hey buy it you know, or like, I like it just kind of like, uh, you know, I'll do a write up. If somebody likes it, they'll do it. I'm, uh, I'm kind of done with the whole asset management thing. And until, you know, I'm, if we open a fund, but I want to do a lot of fixed income stuff. So, Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Actually local fixed income stuff is wicked, man. It's, uh, you're getting for like, for like a double a minus rated bond, you're getting like 6% coupon literally. Oh, yeah yeah so it's so so it's good and uh because of the high coupon and basically it's sharia law right because it's a muslim country here right and one of the main things is don't cheat don't lie and stuff like that right, right. no fraud so basically what would happen is if you know one of these companies that you know issued these bonds something were to go you know bad south right then the government would step in help them out kind of settle their debts so basically you're like it's risk-free. So and, I would get them at IPOs at local banks. So I would get them at, uh, at a hundred, right. And, uh, you know, like three, four weeks later, they would be trading at one Oh three, one Oh four. I sell them and then just keep oh, re wow. redoing. It. Yeah. And yeah. get like 15, 20% annual on them. The, the home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So they look, look, it's been an awesome, awesome conversation, man. And I, we got through a lot here, but I would, I do want to talk about if you could maybe have some war stories, do you have any bad investments you want to talk about? Bad invest Revlon. Damn. Holy, <laughs> that thing owned me. Oh my God. Um, there wasn't much value there. It, you know, the situation that they're going with. And I mean, you, they got Perlman, you know, owning what 89% of the company, right? You know how there's the 90% rule that he can just buy it out at whatever price he wants. So everybody's trying to keep them from buying 90%. And then actually the Middleman brothers were one of the larger shareholders there. And uh, so what I noticed, imagine there's Perlman that owns 90%. Then there's the Middleman brothers who own like three. And then there's like another fund that own like two. So literally there's no float. 
Right. Like there, it doesn't exist. They, it's just non-existent. So whatever the short interest, it's it's multiples of whatever the float is, the actual float is, right? And uh, I was trying to do like a little corner on that one. I, I've bought like just over like one percent. That didn't work out very well. I mean, and I was literally on a flight from Moscow to New York to meet with, I think Darren Hawkins, the CEO of YRCW. I met with him a couple of times. Um, Literally, while I was on that flight, I got on the flight. Everything was okay. When I got off the flight, it was minus forty percent and no news. That one, that one killed me, man. <laughs> that, that, that was that that that's one thing that didn't work out well for me. Um, bad stories. Uh, I did short Tesla at one point. At a few points in my life, I've tried yeah, to right? short. <laughs> yeah, I tried to short Tesla, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to repeat the same story that everybody else said. You know, who's won on shorting Tesla so far? Nobody. It's zero shorts one elon right yeah for now anyway for now right i mean you know there are a couple of guys who are really trying but um as long as they can keep raising capital and making the dream you know you know uh, hey man it is what it is i think kathy is a little you know too much with Mm -hmm. what she's trying to say and you know her the the three thousand target she came up with yesterday, and why she said she thinks that with their fifty four billion valuation for their insurance non existent insurance business, yeah. man, it's just. But you know, it's it's written for the retail investor who doesn't have any idea what she's saying. And there's and, there, and there's ten million new, ten million new retail investors in two thousand twenty. So there's a lot of a lot of ears there for that. No, exactly. But that 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 that's the appeal of the whole ARC funds, right? Is because they have these completely clueless investors who have no idea. Uh, they don't know what an EBITDA is. They have never heard that word and they don't know what it means and they don't care, to be honest, right? So when Kathy comes out and we think this company is going to be worth $3 trillion because, you know, cars are going to fly and Elon is going to turn into a Martian and he's a robot and whatever, Right. <laughs> She can come up with whatever she wants, right? And she's going to sell it because she has these, I don't know, thousands, how many investors they have there. Tens of thousands of investors there. I don't know. It's it's a lot. And uh, by all means, like, the it is what it is. She's right. She's made money on it, right? Uh, she was, at the time, she was a contrary investor. And same with Ross Gerber, right? Gerber is Gerber, Gerber. Gerber Kawasaki, whatever. I don't remember his name. Uh, he was always like the big Tesla fan, right? right? And then, you know, everybody used to troll him about it. But at the end, he won. At the end yeah. of the day, he invested his money in it. He's made money. Whatever he went out, it definitely is not worth what it's trading at now. We all know that. All the value guys know that. Even even non-value guys know that, you know, it's it's not worth what it's trading at today. But at the end, at the end of the day, uh, the price is right. It doesn't matter until it matters. That's that's yeah. You know, the it is what it is. Yeah. So it's not like I'm saying I'm not I'm not one of those guys who's gonna do say I will short at some point, squeeze that all that's crazy and go nuts and you know tweet a million times a day about it. It is what it is. It's the market, right? It's uh it's a simple rule: supply demand, right? right? If there's demand, not enough supply, it's gonna go up, and vice versa. And that that's all it is, right? Yeah. So, I've- but. Uh, yeah, personally, I'm, but, I'm, more, I'm more long than I, I there, was a, there was a period of time where, you know, we went short, but for the most part, we're just long, you know, it, but the short, you know, analyzing stocks from the short side for a while, you know, we did, we actually analyzed, we did a lot of pump and dump work too, in terms of exposing the pump and dumps also. 
It may us better right. investors to be able to look at these stocks more clear, uh, critically, which is good. Um, no, absolutely. But I'm sure you 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 could agree with me. There are so many things that you avoided that you could have made a hell of a lot of money on. Oh, just sure. Because, just because you have this fundamental mindset. And the same thing goes with me. Like, I mean... I see GameStop as flying after hours and there's a likely like there's like a 90% chance I can make like 10% quickly on it if I buy it. Right. But just, just, you know, but, but then I look at the market cap and I go, are you guys like, it, it stops me from a lot of these crazy, cool, fun things that are happening in the market. Right. But, uh, but, but that's, that's all they are. They're crazy, cool, fun things. Like instead of, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I did this trade after hours in GameStop the second time it squeezed, started squeezing. So I bought it like, I don't remember, like 90s or just low hundreds. And then I literally sold it like $10 more, made like a couple of thousand dollars. And I tweeted, oh, I can finally afford to buy something nice for my wife on our anniversary, you know? So, and then Svey, uh, she is one of the writers for Reuters News. She, uh, she, she, she called me up on one of the articles on Yellow. She's like, did you actually just make this trade in three minutes? And I'm like, yeah, literally. I'd, and I didn't even make the selling trade. I bought it right away. I set a, I set a sell, right? Just to stop, put a sell <laughs> order. I, I think I went to like get water or something like that. Or I went to the bathroom. I come back and it's sold and it's already at like 180. Right? I, 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 I clearly, have, I'll clearly like, like to say, look. I mean, ninety percent of what I do is this long-term stuff. You know, investing in great companies. Well, I think are great companies at least, or turnarounds, or value companies. But I have, I like to make investing fun, so I'll, I'll put a little bit of on on these on these speculative outlier kind of fringe bets, whether it's costs, you know, KOS, and some other one. Fun, you know, you know, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, you know, it's crazy you know, stuff. You know, GameStop, AMC. You know, I was a big supporter of AMC. I, I was waiting for a short squeeze on it, right? And uh, because it like it, it was shorted over 100% of the float, and that always ends in disaster, uh, at least once, right? When there's, I think you like, had mentioned that to me. I, think you had I did. I, 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 I was long AMC quite, for quite a while, and then when it dumped during the pandemic and locked down to like one and change, I uh, I averaged down, and then as soon as I you know was you know even on my average, I I got straight out. Pandemics, movie theaters don't go together. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very simple. Like I mean, you do, not be, you do not have to be a finance genius to understand that pandemics and movie theaters don't go together. That's right. it. It's, it, it's simple. And you know, a lot of people go, oh, AMC is going to go to the moon. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, briefly. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's it, right? So it's all, but, it, you know, this whole thing is how I, you, how do you play? It? Is 90% of your focus that or is it other, you know, it's good to have a little bit of fun here, but don't, I look at it. This is the question I ask myself. And this is how I prevent myself from feeling guilty about not buying these stocks. Like, how am I going to feel if I'm wrong? What am I going to do if I'm wrong? And the stocks are falling. And you know, you have emotion. Am I have any way of justifying holding the stock emotionally if the stock goes down? And so you can, if you have a great stock, you don't care if it goes down. You want to go down, and you don't right. get emo you don't get emotional about it anymore. Yeah. And and that's you know that just takes one thing out of it. And then, you know it's it's that's how I look at it. And, there, we, we, and there's enough not, of these. It's not, it's not even that. You know, when you join on one of those things and you lose money in the end, you can't even go look at yourself in a mirror and say, damn, I'm an idiot. You were doing this trade saying to yourself, you're an idiot. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're going anywhere. For doing this. 
So when you lose the money, it's too late. You already said you're an idiot for going into this trade, right? Yeah, of so, course, of course. Whatever. And I feel like, man, what did I just do? I'm going to buy this piece of crap and I'm not an investor. <laughs> I feel guilty for doing it when I, when I do it. You're doing it because you're bored, because all those long-term things are kind of sitting around or yeah. wherever they are. You're doing it because you're bored. A lot of those things happen when you're bored. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad because we all know, for me, one of the main things about market, it always comes down to valuation. It, they can fly high or they can be really low towards the end, you know, whatever time it takes, whatever, right. whatever that that time it takes, it's still going to come back to valuation. Right. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of clueless folk is going to lose a lot of money. And it's unfortunately, usually going to be an external event. You don't know what happens. is going to cause it yeah. might not be the company failing. It might be just an event. 2008 occurs where it resets the valuation to some point where it matters. Right. Yeah. But for things like GameStop, it could just be something as terrible as, you know, a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's a Tuesday. It's time to go. Like you, cool. you, you, you never know whoever's causing this. Like, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that a Reddit forum is, is squeezing it to those valuations. And with those volumes, I don't know. I think there's more to it, but I, I, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. So, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I think, I think there's more to it. Okay. Like, like I am happy that retail investors are making their money. I mean, I'm, 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 they're making money. It's great to see that, that at least look, it's a matter we we you know we have our view you know on what we think stocks are worth and how the market should work but I'm you know and I was upset you know for a little bit about for years I'm like God this is horrible but now yeah look look it's bringing people into the market you know, which is yep. which is good for them and then we know for the longest time this since 2008 that we were missing a retail investor they yep. they got obliterated in you know 2008 and I'm glad they're coming back. And an event, and that money also flows into our nano cap companies. And it's, it's actually since 2018, you've seen a lot of flow into the value company, value stocks, wire caps, nano caps, and where it's becoming more consistent volume. And I think it's because of the retail involvement, and they're excited. It's exciting for the uh, retail investors, the everyday investor. You know, I guess even crypto got a lot of that people, new people in the market. Um, it's just a shame to know how it might end, right? And, it, and hopefully you get some of these new kids. You know, I've met a lot of smart kids who are actually are, are invest, are value investors in, in the retail crowd and learning how to do that, which is awesome. And they want to, they want to learn how to do that. So I'm hopeful that in the end, still, still good came out of it. And that's the way I'm looking at it, you know? Right. No, I agree. I just really hope the folks that are, you know, new to the market, fresh completely don't understand what they're doing i just really really wish that it wouldn't chase these hype stocks that are you know crazy we all know those are pumping dumps eventually they're and they're gonna come down very quickly there's no stop orders are gonna help nothing like that i really hope i i, I love to see that retail investors are coming in men the company that i worked for we've built a retail investor base in countries that didn't exist like from scratch right and it was it was very difficult it took the company 10 years to do it but um i just it's sad. We, we've been around. I mean, I, I've been doing this for, what, 15 years now, right? On and off and stuff. And 
we we've seen so much money get lost, man. So much money, and I mean uh, life savings and you know whatever it is, and just you know people are always chasing the quick buck. I just don't think the stock market is the right place to do it. Um, but that's just my approach. A lot of it's yeah. it's definitely a convenient place to do it, you know, especially with like apps like Robinhood and just you know open account, you know, put money through your credit card on there, buy fractional shares. I would much rather see all this retail money go into something like Amazon or Google at these companies that are doing something, you know, and, you know, they're innovating, they're changing the world, you know, piece by piece. And um, actually one of my partners, this is really cool. This is a whole story. We could do a podcast on this separately. Um, (laughs) What's the end game match? What's the end game for you? What is it? What what are you looking for in the end? For me, I, I enjoy what I do. But what, what's 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 what, what, I mean, what's we, the ultimate goal? I mean, the goal investing in the stock market. You want to make money, right? I mean, well, what, is there is there is there an amount? Is there? Well, I, that's a great question. I had a conversation with my friend yesterday. How much is it? How much is enough? Right? <laughs> what is the amount? Right, right. And I, I I think that the goal for me is to build wealth. And when I was when I, it wasn't to make money, it was to build wealth. When I first right. started investing, it was to get into stocks as a way to make money and diversify into real estate and other kind of. Re- other kind of income streams that was that was for me and, and just to, you know to enjoy my life to, to, what, yeah. to what money lets you how it lets you enjoy it um but like, uh, is there something that you that would happen in your career at some point and you would say this is the pinnacle like this is it this is what i've been looking for is it just the number or something yeah, but, more you well when i was a kid it was the money you know when right. it was no, when right. it was, was it, always about the money. It's always about the money. Let's not kid ourselves. It's always about the money and, and what but, you do with it, right? My yeah. my my but goals, what to do with the money, have become more noble over time. You know, I have I have a goal yeah. to do to do <laughs> things with it that I wish I would have done when I was younger. You know, for other you know just whatever might maybe for charity and these kind of things. But look, right. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. I mean, we're in the stock market to make money and to build wealth, um, yeah. and. Is we like I like to say that there's some point where enough is enough, but I enjoy it too much. I enjoy right. the stock market so much that I can never I can never leave it. And it's it's true. Yeah, never. I I, I, I went I went to Chambry. I'm like you know I'm gonna sit it out. I, you know I just you know resigned. I I had like 300 flights in two years. All these offices. It was crazy, right? Man, I I think I st- stayed away for like seven hours. Like in total, that's it. And, and, and I mean, yeah, it was, and then the weekend came and then you're always sitting there on a Sunday, you go, why doesn't it, you know, why isn't it open six days a week? You know, it's just, <laughs> why are the Bitcoin guys so lucky trades 24 yeah, seven? Right? Yeah. Okay. Look, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we, had had <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we had I this conversation. Big, I went down the crypto route during 2017 for a little bit of fun. You know, never that. owned a single crypto coin in my life, not well, once well, ever. Way, I don't even ownership. know. <laughs> I do not know how to buy one. I wouldn't know where to buy one, how to store it. There's some wallet. There's some hard wallets. There's some other wallet. For me, it's rocket science, man. Uh, it's just. But I, one of my really, really close friends. I mean, this guy made incredible. It's crazy, Incredible, incredible. Yeah. He was, um, he was actually, he did the first ICO in Australia, and I think it was like the fourth ICO ever, right? He got into this thing early. So, what he became, he became an ICO advisor after, and he would charge all these guys that are doing ICOs for his advisory. He would be like an angel investor into it. So, he goes, We're going to give you 100K, 
you know, you give us like a bunch of your tokens and then you pay me for advisory and how to do this ICO properly in Bitcoin. So yeah. I'm assuming he still doesn't disclose the amount of Bitcoin it was, but I can tell you he's a very wealthy guy now, right? And I think, oh man, and this was like before it blew up and like didn't, when it like first went into like 20,000 and stuff like that. But from from myself, man, never owned a coin. I wouldn't know what to do it, you know. And you know, I just it just makes me like cringe when people say, you know, like uh, like a crypto exchange. Call it what it is. It's somebody's website, right? It's somebody's website that you know has you know these quotes running around, and then somebody else has a website, and you can buy the same thing cheaper or for more. It just you cannot, man, you can't have multiple exchanges trading the same. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just, it's just not for me, man. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, well, to me, it's, it's like, I mean, the effort too, to, it, uh, um, one of the people, on, uh, one of the, um, our, uh, staff right now working for us is Noah Goldberg for a little bit. He's here and he started working for us in, in January. He's going to work for six, seven months for us. And he, he knows he's a value investor, but he knows crypto really well. He knows how to, you know, he knows how to exploit it. And he, and he admits most of this stuff is just, is, is baloney and that so it's ironic. He a flash drive is what you're trying to say. Yes. You know. <laughs> but yeah. He's like, like hey, today's like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I know how it works. I mean, the, 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 these shit coins of fraud stuff goes up, you know, and it just, yeah. but really there's no value to owning a lot of this stuff. But it's the same thing as this whole GameStop thing and Tesla being at whatever, 700 billion. Just everybody's trying to chase the quick money and it's somebody's going to make sentiment and trends. You know, that's what all is about. And, and, yeah. So, yeah. Somebody is going to make a lot of money and somebody's going to lose everything they have, man, eventually. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it, it, it's a sad story, but at the end of the day, he was trying to do things that he has no idea what to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? But no, crypto is not for me. And I'm in Dubai. Dubai is very crypto friendly. You can literally buy any real estate with crypto from a government owned developer here. Okay. You can rent cars for crypto. They have, uh, they just announced like one of their free zones is letting like giving out like these business licenses to crypto. And so they're very, you know, they're, they're crypto friendly here very much. So, and, um, but it's just, I don't know, man, just, but you know, being a value investor, there's what's come on. What there's no value in, 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 no you know, there's no ownership. You don't own anything when you when no crypto. There's nothing. And, 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 and Bob is going to love this. He's, I'm going to see him saying that was great. And about a minute after I say this, the only thing that dictates, and, and I'm not the one saying this. this I think Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie Munger said, he's like, the only thing that dictates the price of cryptocurrency, somebody's willingness to pay you more for it. That's it. There's <laughs> right. nothing else, right? And then they buy it and they wait for somebody else to pay them more for it. That was right. the best thing I ever heard about crypto and a lot of other things. So the only so it's its only value is speculative. Like is that a, even right to say? I was, like, a, I was at a coffee shop and remember when I'm a genius. Remember that one GNUS was flying and uh, it was it was this is back maybe maybe maybe, maybe. maybe um summer i think i want to say summer of 19 maybe i believe that's when it was i was at a cafe and um, i'm sitting at the cafe working and there's this there's a table next to me and i, and I hear him talking stocks i get all perky and start listening and these kids talking on the stocks and how oh we just made some money on genius genus 
And then the other kids ask him, you know, well, you know, how much is it up now? It's up like two, three times. It went from like one to like eight, nine dollars. I saw it too early, but then I got back in. And then he starts asking, what they do. I don't know what they do or what it's worth. I don't know anything about a company. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of like plays in this whole thing we're talking about here, right? Just, just someone was willing to pay more, more for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it's, it's just painful. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. You know, I saw the stock. Yeah, I was just there not making money. You know, this person making money on it, something that doesn't even know he owns it. But I accept yeah, it. My, it's, wife, it's okay. my wife literally just texted me. My wife is like uh, eight months pregnant now, right? She's on that finish line, right? right. And uh, she just messaged me. And it's 2 30 in the morning here, right? She's like, are you insane or drunk? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, why are you so excited at two 30 in the morning? Who are you talking to? I'm like, Oh, I'm just talking to some guys over, uh, over internet, you know, go back let, to let, sleep. Let me, end it, let me end it with you on this one then. So, so you can get some yeah. sleep. You asked me, why do I invest? What is your ultimate goal? What did you, is it, is it, you, I'll put it right back. Um, you. I want to have the influence to kind of, I wouldn't want to say, you know, like, you know, like Warren Buffett and all those guys, they come out and they have all these famous quotes and stuff like that. Like, I'm really like, believe it or not, I'm really in it for the small guy in the game. Right. I really want to have the influence like Warren or whatever it is when they come out and say, well, this is bullshit. You shouldn't put your money into this. And this is something good. You should put your money into it. Right. But when you're a nobody investor, nobody knows about you. Nobody's going to listen. And hopefully I can, you know, at some point in my life, if I made a couple of, you know, activist moves and kind of became a bigger investor or like we have a fund like multi-billion dollar, I kind of want to be at the point where I would say I, I could kind of dictate not even dictate, I could kind of influence people to stay away from all the garbage that's out there in the market. There's a lot of it. Right. I mean, there is, uh, uh, there's so much fraud, so much of it. And I mean, and I want, I want to be able to kind of, you know, have, you know, be popular enough, you know, or be known enough to kind of influence people to, kind of, you know, make them think whether or not they should put their like life savings into this stock or derivative or whatever this asset is. I'm not saying I want to be able like to pump stocks or anything like that or dump them or anything like, cause a lot of people like, you know, like Elon could say, Elon could dump his own stock, you know, and he's done that before. You know what I mean? You say, Oh, Tesla's the price is too high. What? Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the CEO tweet that in my life. Right. And then, and then um, we had this conversation with one of my partners uh, and he's, he's like crazy about venture and pre IPOs and seed rounds. He's like, I want to get to the point, like, you know, the Sequoia and all the big venture guys. Um, well, whether you believe into it or not, but they kind of dictate the future of our world. And when we had this conversation, this was a long conversation over like uh, ice cappuccino on the side of a parking lot, you know, going through a pack of cigarettes each, like literally it was like for hours, like one of those, uh, yeah, I don't even know, those awakening conversations, right? And it said, these guys that are doing like IPO investors, pre-IPO investors, let's say you have two guys in a room, they have two very similar ideas and one of them is better technologically. Right. But this guy knows how to market his product better. He's going to get the funding for it. And this guy is not going to get the funding for it. And unfortunately, the guy who has a better idea and a better technology, it, the world may not see it. 
right? So he's like, he's like, I, I want to be that guy that kind of dictates where the, you know, a product or a service gets to the market because it gets funded in the very beginning. That's why he switched from being, he's a, he's an excellent stock investor. The guy's up like 1600% this year. Like literally I've watched this as account and he buys the biggest trash in the market. Like literally he's just, sometimes he would message me and he's like, he's like, Igor, man, buy this sticker. I'm like, what is he's like? I don't know. Just buy it. It's going to go up. Right. And he's like, it's just one of those. And it will go up. Like there's like a 90% chance it's going to double in a week. Right. I don't know how he does it, but just, he's, he's, he just, now he's fully blown into venture and all that. And it kind of makes sense to me. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, I met with a wicked startup here in Dubai, the guy did well what they claim is level five autonomous driving but they basically basically dubai police and the whole world that kind of keeps up with the outside world in dubai and they saw that dubai police they have like these like bugattis and like race cars and all that in their fleet and they're very advanced so dubai police came to these developers and it's like we want an autonomous rover that's going to patrol the streets of dubai by itself like literally just drive around all these different like sidewalks and they developed it they literally made it in like two years and then the whole COVID thing came and they kind of lost funding. Man, I when I saw it and I'm like, this company is literally in the same stage of their life as Zooks from Australia that Amazon just bought for $1.3 billion. And these guys are having a hard time getting 500K in a, in a seed round. Wow. Right? Yeah. You know, so it's... Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting interested in the whole venture thing too, but uh, yeah, I, I like liquidity. I just, yeah, that's the thing. I just had an interview. Um, or I interviewed a CEO um, last week and, and, and a second interview, private company. And it was great hearing the story, you know, hearing his, yeah. his plight to getting where he was at. And, you know, I'm going to help him. You know, and that's, you know, that's something we're going to, uh, one of my next things is to get in some of these, you know, helping these little smaller firms kind of get some capital. Right. And not even just, you know, um, even just assembling the right team to help them even with their growth plans and these kind of things. So, Yes. Uh, that, 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 that's why I mentioned that company because I I I think I'm going to invest. I'm going to I I wouldn't call myself like an angel investor, but I think their technology is cool, and I think the guys have their mind in the right place, and they have the brains to you know get it somewhere. Uh, they don't need too much money at the time. Like I mean, if I if I went around some of my friends, I could collect it in like in a couple of minutes. It's 500k. You know what I mean? But uh, for them, it's huge. For them, it's whether their project lives or doesn't. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking I, I could give it a try, which is something completely different from, from, from what I do day to day in, in investments. But yeah. you're, still analyzing, you're still analyzing a company. You're still analyzing a potential CEO. It's, it's, has there's that no revenue. I mean, I mean, it's not negative revenue, like plug power, but there's, there's no revenue for now. And uh, right. did you see that? I, I've never seen that before in my life. Negative revenue for the year. <laughs> no, no. That was awesome. The company reports negative revenue. It's up 16% post-market. I love it. Oh my it. God. Yes. Negative revenue. That, that's that's a new low for and the market. Get hold, you go more. Yeah, they literally, it's like we haven't sold anything this year and we had a return from last year. So we have negative revenue. Oh, wow. Awesome. Great, great, great. But that's just what the market is right now. It's a little crazy. I think it's a little crazy. There are a lot of interesting stories that are a lot of this whole SPAC thing is going nuts. Uh, a lot of people now, well, I think there are some good ones that are, that are like, uh, that are merging with companies that could be worth a lot of money in the future because they're, well, they're still startups or small companies, but for majority of them, a lot of people are not reading into the whole, um, 
how the SPAC is and how much money is going to be left in it and what kind of merger they're doing and what's going to be the fully diluted share count and so forth and so on. Uh, also, man. And the SPAC game is all in, in the end about capital structure. You know, it's, right. it's a way for these founders yeah. you know, to cash in. Sorry, I have to, I have to find my, uh, my power bank. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> While you're doing that, I will say that you know, when Geo Investing, you launched it, our whole, our whole mantra was providing retail investors, you know, with institutional type of quality research to protect, you know, protect the investor, to show them that there is quality in, in, in you know, small companies and how to find it and how to avoid the fraud. And it's, it's and I salute you for that all, all the way, man. I, I think what you're doing is great. Absolutely. First Wall Street and still part of what we do. And, you know, our, our subscription prices, you know, at 400, four hours, 480 a year, which is, and you know, from seeing, we, we do a lot of research. So we're, we're really doing our best to try and help that. I would applaud that your, that your goal is to do that too, which is awesome. And maybe yeah. we can we can work together in that one day you never know <laughs> hey man you never know i mean i mean we're we're in the same business we're just you know uh you know maybe one day why why not we're doing a lot of i i love micro stuff i know you guys do a lot of micro and nano stuff um i i i'd love to even if there are like some good companies just shoot me a message say this one uh maybe maybe i like it i'll you know buy like five percent or whatever yeah, uh, I, company I, I, and uh, I think I got I got a bunch of those, so don't be careful what yeah, you wish. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I'm always <laughs> looking for new investment. It kind of gets to the point. Like you, you remember how you asked me? There's like a scanner, or how do I look for these companies? And I'm gonna I'm gonna be dead honest with you. Ninety five percent is from my network. Like somebody just you know messages me, calls me up, or like writes on WhatsApp. He's like, hey, take a look at this thing. I have people like message me on Twitter, be like, hey, take a look at this. And like nine out of ten, I will actually give it a look to see what it is, at least what the company does. And you know, there 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 are some like right away red flags that I that I never touch. Right. And uh, especially like I would never invest if the company is like over fifty percent insider owned ever. Like if it's a controlled company, would never touch it, right? Because you have no chances of getting anywhere with that one. If if something goes bad, you can't even try to uh, be active with it. Um, I would always look at the uh, the debt structure. If there's like one debt holder, well, for YRC it was it was a big red flag for me, but it was a debt restructuring, so it kind of made sense. You know, they just kind of put all the debt under one under Apollo for like massive massive interest. I think they were paying like. Oh man, at some point they were paying like 11% or something like that. They're paying like 70% of some of their leases from like 2008. They're getting out of it. It's getting better. It's getting better. And literally uh, the the US treasury loan helped it out because I think that one carries an interest rate of like three and a half, which is a huge, huge difference. Right. So um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really scan for it. Majority of it comes from just, you know, people messaging me or people that I talk to and there's some some cool ideas out there. But you follow on? For sure, uh, including, including you guys, yeah. You follow Connor Haley, AltaFox? The who? AltaFox Capital. You should follow him. You might like that. AltaFox. No, I, I do. I do follow him. I, uh, I follow uh, a bunch of guys, like smaller funds and guys that do like uh, small caps and stuff like that. No, definitely. I do. Hey, Bobby, where are you at? You said you were going to ask a question. What happened to you? Yeah. Still drinking your beer? Yo, I, you asked them all. I mean, every question you I, I wanted to ask, you you dug right in. You know, you had us all excited, you. man, that you're going to finally chime in. You know, and, and, and I, I didn't want to stop the flow, <laughs> man. Like, I saw you getting all pumped up with all the questions and everything. And, and Igor, you were just uh, – you see all my messages while we're doing this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. Is like, the best episode. Hey. 
I'm always trying to be real, right? I'm, 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 you know, a lot of people, I watch a lot of interviews and I watch a lot of like podcasts and stuff. Somebody just sits there in their tie and, you know, just talks about his investment and the assets and the liabilities and this yeah. so forth. Yeah, lighten up. No, it's just <laughs> stock market. Come on, man. People take it way too seriously sometimes. No, I'm, I'm really happy mantra, you guys asked right? me to do this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually, the, the reason when 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 I, I remember which one of you messaged me and said avoiding the crowds, uh, my other red flag would be I do not touch these hype stocks, meme stocks, or whatever you want to call them. Oh man, I if somebody stays away from crowds, it's me. Like I mean, uh, you know, I'm invested in stocks that nobody's ever heard before of, you know, and just I don't know. It's it seems to work out, but I I always enjoy when the crowd comes later while I'm already invested in of them. Course. I definitely <laughs> do enjoy when the crowd comes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but that's but that's the whole thing about stock picking right is you have to pick those that you think are going to get good enough for the crowd to come and that's I mean, uh, that's always I, good Igor, i was i was honest i was thinking of actually renaming the pod to avoiding the crowd until they come with maj sway down i think that until might, they come yeah 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 Yeah, i think that might be a better name for this show oh and that would work on it still a little bit maybe uh, yeah maybe uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> avoiding the crowd for now for now of, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, all right. Should we land? Should we land the plane? So eager, um, yeah, eager. So, uh, um, tell us your Twitter handle, how we can find you. Uh, my Twitter is at mvrk. It's short for Maverick, like mvrk. Uh, thirty-four. I don't know why thirty-four, but thirty-four. I don't know. He's a Shaquille. He's a Shaquille. I am thirty. I am thirty-four this year. I'm going to be turning thirty-five, and. Um, but yeah, MBRK34. So I like to change those once in a while. With All right, that, guys. Thanks very much. This, this, is, this was awesome. awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I hope you have a great day. Uh, uh, it's almost morning for me. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, man, get, uh, get stay sleep. in touch. Stay in touch. And uh, if you want me to like uh, come on again, I'll be more than happy to. But uh, So you can f- find me at uh, geoinvestment.com. I'm the co-founder of Geo. Um, email us. You can email me directly at maj at geoinvestment.com. If you want to email me a stock pitch, maybe you want to be on the show, let us know. Um, uh, you subscribe to Geo Investing. We have two memberships. We are actually three now. We have an annual at four eighty a year, a biannual at uh, two hundred ninety nine dollars a year, and a monthly at fifty nine ninety nine a year. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Moz Geo Investing, and you can follow Geo at Geo Investing on Twitter. So thank you. Yeah, if I come to Dubai, I'm gonna definitely. We're definitely. My cousin lives in. Come to Dubai, you're gonna love it. And now is the time. It's gonna get really, really hot very soon. Yeah, like a month window still to come, and then just forget about it until like October. It's gonna be like 140 degrees. It's nuts. Not for me. Yeah, it's. it's You guys are shaking your head like you don't know. I live in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) I literally live in the desert. Right. So we all know. We knew where we're going. But yeah. But anyway. Again, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks very much. I love what you guys do, and I I, I wish you all the best, and uh, I'm definitely going to do my part and stay in touch. Thanks, Igor. Thank you, Igor. Take care. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Mosway Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. 
We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast.